The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Another day, another Trump verdict, another Trump story, another Trump court case. Is it uh, is it relevant? Does it matter? Or is it a big nothing burger, like they say on Rumble? Or... Does it matter to the people in the middle, the infamous independent voter? Does it matter to them? Is it just another thing, a long line of Trump stories and people are like, oh, enough already. And it it literally is an ongoing saga, is it not? So here you go. This I was looking at a bunch of other things, but this just happened in the last hour. Trump found libel for sexually abusing and defaming E. Jean Carroll in a civil trial and is ordered to pay $5 million. That's a New York jury on Tuesday. Interestingly enough, the jury is anonymous, probably for obvious reasons. Uh, And they were unanimous. They were anonymous and agreed unanimously. Found former President Donald Trump libel for sexually abusing writer E. Jean Carroll in a Manhattan department store in the 1990s, but not libel for her alleged rape. The jury awarded her $5 million in damages for her battery and defamation claims. Asked on their verdict sheet if Carroll, 79, had proven, quote, by a preponderance of the evidence that, quote, Mr. Trump raped Ms. Carroll, the nine-person jury checked the box that said no. Asked if Carroll had proven by a preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Trump sexually abused Ms. Carroll, the jury checked the box that said yes. Uh, Both allegations were uh, part of her battery claim. The six men and three women also found Trump had defamed her by calling her claims a hoax and a con job. The legal standard for liability in the civil case. So remember, this is a civil case. This is not a criminal case. The legal standard for liability in the civil case, the preponderance of the evidence, remember that phrase, was not as high as in criminal cases. The civil benchmark is that it's more likely than not that something occurred, while the standard for convictions in criminal cases is proof of guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, right? You've heard that phrase, of course. Carol sued Trump, accusing him of battery and defamation in Manhattan federal court last year, alleging he raped her in a dressing room of a Berghoff Goodman department store near his Fifth Avenue home in 1995 or 1996. She first went public with the claim in 2019 in her book. Is that part of the deal? What do we need men for? A modest proposal. Trump, first as president and then as a private citizen, called her account a fiction that she concocted to boost book sales and has said the writer is not my type, quote unquote. He did not testify in the case, but portions of his videotaped deposition from October were played for the jury. The verdict was required to be unanimous, and it was. And then I'm going to open up the phones here in a little bit, all right, because I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this. Is it? All right, I'll, I'll set that up in a little bit. Let me keep going. 
Carol was her own star witness at the trial, which began April 25th. I'm here because Trump raped me, she told jurors. Carol said she'd met Trump once before in the late 1980s before bumping him and uh, bumping into him at the entrance of the department store near Trump's home and office in Trump Tower. Carol, an advice columnist for Elle magazine at the time, said Trump told her he was shopping for a lady friend and invited her to come along. He was very personable, she said. She said she'd had a fun time chatting with him as the excursion eventually led to the sixth floor lingerie department. Quote, he was joshing and pleasant and very funny, she said, and they each joked about trying on lingerie. Carol alleged Trump motioned her toward the dressing room, and when she went in, he shut the door and shoved me against the wall and raped her. I couldn't see anything of what was happening, but I could certainly feel the pain, she went on. Carol said she called a friend, writer Lisa Birnbach, afterward to tell her what happened, and Birnbach told her to call the police. Carol said she told her no way because she blamed herself for the attack. Carol also said she told another friend, Carol Martin, what happened days later, and Martin urged her not to go to the police for for fear that the real estate tycoon and his lawyers would, quote-unquote, bury her. Bernbach and Martin both testified on Carol's behalf and supported her account. Trump lawyer Joe Takapina, you would have seen him at the recent indictment in New York, told jurors in his opening statement that Carol's claims were unbelievable. Quote, she is doing this for money, political reasons, and status, he alleged. And in doing so, she is minimizing true rape victims and destroying their pain and capitalizing on them. When Carol was on the witness stand, he asked if she, she'd been supposedly raped. I was raped, she responded. Takapina also repeatedly pressed her about why she didn't scream for help or go to the police. He raped me whether I screamed or not, Carol told him. Asked if she agreed that not reporting the attack to the police is an odd fact, Carol said many women did not go to the police, and I understand why. Takapina also grilled Carol, a Democrat, on her politics and on her old social media posts, including one from 2012, where she said she was a massive fan of Trump's show, The Apprentice. I was a big fan of the show, very impressed by it, Carol testified, adding that she didn't like and wouldn't watch the parts with Trump firing contestants. Trump's attorneys wound up resting their case without putting on any witnesses. Trump had been listed as a possible witness but waived his right to testify. Takapina told the judge presiding over the case, U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan. They also tried to bolster her case by presenting testimony from two other women who alleged they were accosted by the businessman. In an unusual move for a civil case, the judge used an anonymous jury for the trial, citing Trump's history of inflammatory rhetoric about the justice system. He said that he was keeping their identity secret, even from both sides' lawyers, because, quote, if jurors' identities were disclosed, there would be a strong likelihood of unwanted media attention to the jurors' influence attempts and or harassment or worse of jurors by supporters of Mr. Trump. Of course, uh, Trump has replied. And he's basically, he told Fox News Digital, he has absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, he said. It's a continuation of the greatest political witch hunt in history. We'll appeal. We got treated very badly by the Clinton-appointed judge, Trump said. And Carol is a Clinton person, too. He added, I have no idea who this woman is. Mm, Trump's lawyer Joe Takapina told the jury in closing arguments Monday that Carol's story is too far-fetched to be believed. He echoed the claim that she said made it up to, to fuel sales of her 2019 memoir. You know, facts are stubborn things, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. The fact and evidence made plain here that E. Jean Carroll's story is not worthy of your belief, not even close, Takapina said. Her story, and it's just that, a story, is not true. She was not raped at Berg, Bergoff, Bergdorf Goodman's. She was not defamed by being called out on making up that story. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. <sighs> 
Reactions, thoughts, does it matter? 866-34-TRUTH. We'll be right Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the nine-person jury. Check the box. No, they don't believe the preponderance of evidence is that Trump raped this woman, Ms. Carroll. But they said, yes, that uh, he had uh, defamed her. And yes, that he had sexually assaulted her. And so Trump's going to appeal. He's, he's maintaining he has no idea who this woman is. It's a, it's a disgrace. It's a Clinton judge, all that kind of stuff. It was a nine-person jury. They're, they were... Uh, the judge decided to make them anonymous for fear of obvious backlash when you're dealing with somebody like Donald Trump because there's so much press involved. Uh, and so the civil trial in order to pay $5 million. Okay, so he's going to appeal that. So there's that one. There's the DA Bragg in New York uh, The when he paid off Stormy Daniels through his lawyer. There's that one. There's the Georgia case, which is about, hey, go find me 10,000 votes. Remember that one? And then there is the special counsel in D.C. under the Biden administration investigating the incitement to insurrection with January 6th, which I personally believe they will charge him with that. I think there's so much momentum, especially in D.C., on the left and with the Department of Justice, uh, so much momentum, so much commitment to the anti-Trump position, the Trump derangement syndrome, if you will, that they can't not do it. I think for, for them in their twisted way of thinking, I think it becomes a moral imperative and they have to do it. My question isn't so much in the um, ins and outs, the particulars of this case, but the political ramifications. Will all these cases matter in the end game? Because most of you, we were just talking on the break for Facebook Live and Rumble. Uh, most of you, uh, and it, most of you, the vast majority of you are going to vote if it's Trump versus Biden. The overwhelming majority, 90 plus percent of this audience probably, is going to vote for Trump. If it's DeSantis versus Biden, they're going to vote for DeSantis. It doesn't matter who the Democrat is. You're going to vote for the Republican regardless. Uh, most of you, if not all of you, that would vote for Trump, I don't think you would be able to stay home. Even if there's 10 more cases brought up and he has half of those, they find him guilty on this, that, or the other thing. I still think most people will set that aside. But what you do in November of 2024 uh, really isn't as relevant as what the mushy middle, the independents do, the people in the middle that can be swayed emotionally, mentally. Uh, and that's why I keep talking about Trump fatigue. Is this going to matter to them? It does. It it matters to me as a Christian if this actually happened. But this has been years and years the allegation. She had a book the first time she came out with this. She had a book. That makes it all stink to high heaven, right? That this is all just kind of an attention grab. But then you get nine members of a jury. They hear her evidence. They hear his deposition. He didn't appear in court. They did a deposition back, a video deposition back in October. And they're like, yeah, the preponderance of evidence. We think that he probably sexually assaulted her, but we don't think he raped her. And he defamed her when he came out and said, I don't know, this woman is crazy. Whatever he said on Truth Social, and so they decide to award her $5 million. It's not so much uh, the in, the particulars of this case. My question for you is, do you think it matters politically? Do these cases matter politically? Do you think, and we'll, we'll land on this for the actual question for the rest of the show, 
three four eight seven eight eight four. Do you think Trump fatigue is real? And do you think it's an issue as we push towards the summer? The first Republican debate is going to be in August. We don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, who knows if Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson. I read something the other day that uh, maybe Trump's team is talking to Tucker, get Tucker Carlson to host a debate. It'll be outside of Fox News, obviously, which would get huge ratings wherever they do it on True Social, whatever. Uh, and so all that's going to kick up here. Do you think all these things, do you think Trump fatigue is real and is it going to matter? Are, are you worried about it? Is it an actual issue in the upcoming campaign? The Trump, the Trump fatigue, just the way he is, the way he communicates, the, the type of stuff he's saying about DeSantis. And now this case, the DA um, in New York brag, that case, the Georgia case, the uh, independent counsel case up in D.C. Do you think it's going to matter? Is Trump fatigue a real thing? Is it going to be a real player a year from this November? When we go to the polls, 866-348-7884. I obviously have an, uh, an opinion, <laughs> as always, which is why I'm here five days a week. Uh, hopefully bathed in a, in a Christian worldview with the, directed at the truth of the matter. I don't, uh, I try to call balls and strikes. It doesn't matter to me who's standing at the plate, whether it's Trump or Biden, a Republican, a Democrat, a believer, an unbeliever. We call balls and strikes based on the truth of words God the word of God. And that's how we play the game. That's the deal. If you're a Christian, your allegiance is to the truth above everything, including the red, white, and blue, the Trumpster, whoever you're talking about. Uh, but, but what do you think? Do you, are you, are, do you think the Trump fatigue thing is real? Is any of this going to matter when we get to November of 2024? 866-348-7884. I am honestly curious to get your read on it. So please call in. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Uh, I'm not the only one, uh, a part of the show that has an opinion. So please call in because I'd love to hear yours. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to our friend Clay. You're up first, Clay. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Do you think any of this will matter come election time next year? You know, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm befuddled on how to really, in a way, answer this question. Because, I mean, you know, just to listen to what was shared earlier today around lunchtime and a couple other things that were shared, you know, Brother Steve, I remember back in, you know, even before, it was like a year or so before, you know, you um, back, you know, around 2015 and stuff like that, you, you had taken calls for people to weigh in on what their thoughts were about him running for president. Well, I mean, being putting his name in the, in the hat for president. And I, honestly, I'm like, I wasn't sure what to think. <laughs> but you know what? He, he, he did the right things. And as for what's going on, I mean, fast forward in a way, you know, um, several years to today. Why is it that, and I mean, to me, uh, and you have shared this before, to me, and, and I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just really saddened and disappointed that because it's a political thing, I mean, I would like to believe and pray that people will not pay attention to what is going on, and when it all said and done, put the correct person in the in the White House, because what you're seeing is this country is completely going downhill. Um, they want to say that we're not, you know, uh, <laughs> your, your dear friend and brother in the Lord, David Fisher, shared 
last year about this time about we were in the baby seasons yeah. of inflation. I we look, you know, I I could go on and on and on and preach about this and whatever else, but to me, I'm not a political guy. I've shared this with you before. I'm not a political guy because I don't feel it needs to be. In, what is being done is just a a victim shame. It's a it's a mockery to things. All they want to do is, I mean, I didn't even know about the situation. Yeah, I don't care about it. If 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 it happened, you know, the Bible says that when it's all said and done, when God the Father sends His Son back, and you know, did this. We shared this. In, uh, well, I'm up against the break, Clay, but I, I, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying, and I always, of course, appreciate your call. I'm going to let you go. I'm up against the break. And thank the Lord that one day all accounts will be settled. Uh, but in the meantime, we fight through the news. We'll be right back. been waiting on a war since I was young. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Seems like the war against Donald Trump is never ending. My question is not the validity of any of these things, but does it cause Trump fatigue? Is that going to be an issue come November 5th, 2024, uh, when the presidential election actually occurs? And it's just one thing after another. Remember, you got the special counsel up in D.C. looking at January 6th. You got Georgia going on with go find me 10,000 votes. You have uh, D.A. Bragg there, Alvin Bragg in New York City. Uh, with that mess, with Stormy Daniels. Uh, so not the individual cases, but is this uh, creating more and more Trump fatigue that could actually have an effect next year, come November 5th. 866-348-7884. And if it's creating Trump fatigue in you, this it's, feel free to call in and share that. Uh, I'm not going to blast anybody for your opinion. Okay, I might ask you a follow-up question, but you never have to be afraid to call in in this show. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. Richard, thanks so much for calling. Sorry to keep you on hold for so long. Go ahead. Uh, that's okay, Steve. Thank you. Good show. Thank you. Um, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to point out a couple quick things. One is rage knows no fatigue. <laughs> and if you think that the Republican Party could move on from Trump if someone else is the nominee and the rage would go away, you're just naive. I remember when McCain was Hitler. I remember when Romney huh. was Hitler. DeSantis or anybody else, and I plan on voting for DeSantis in the primary because I think he's the better candidate, and his track record in Florida is amazing. But if you think some other nominee is yeah. going to have less, less of a reaction from the Democrats, don't fool yourself. It's, it's not going to change. Yeah, they pick up the same brush and just paint a different canvas. It's a different person, but they're going to paint them the same way. And with DeSantis, especially with his all of the efforts, like when he, it's his inaugural speech just a couple months ago, Richard, when he said, Florida is where woke goes to die. He's done so much anti-woke legislation and they're going to be calling him a, a racist anyway because they just signed three bills in Florida restricting Chinese activities there. And and you're right. They're going to go ballistic about anybody. I, my, I, we, they're eminently predictable. We know that. I, my, I guess my concern is like the independents, people in the middle, Richard, do you think that's going to be an issue? Because I think they do react, Trump, react to Trump a little differently than they would to like DeSantis. Right. And I, I know people like that and, and- – they do express fatigue, 
So that's that's another good reason to vote for DeSantis. I, I wish we could just make Trump sort of the kingmaker emeritus mm. of the party and not, uh, you know, throw him out on his backside, but rather honor him, you know, as the uh, as the as the, as the one who had who stood up in yeah. 2016 yeah. when nobody else would. Yeah. You know, honor him that way. But then, you know, I'll be voting for DeSantis. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point and a valid idea to uh, kind of make him the leader emeritus of the party and honor him. And, and you know, the challenge with Trump, though, is uh, he would see that as being a second fiddle and he believes he should be the president again. And so there's that. That's yep. that's a force in nature in and of itself. Great points, Richard. Thanks so much for calling in today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. Have a great afternoon. Let's jump down to. Uh, Mary, Mary, thanks for calling. Sorry to keep you on hold for so long. Go right ahead. Hi. Yes, um, I am somebody who did vote for Trump the first time, and I've been a strong Trump supporter. Um, To get it out of the way, if he were to win, I would vote for him again. But I'm exhausted. And the problem is, it's not so much I see what they're doing, and it's very obvious. What I'm exhausted is he will not learn and possibly curtail, even maybe apologize for some of the things he's done. And he doesn't listen to, I'm sure there are people who are advising him, tell everybody, you know, he's going to take a different approach, speak a little differently. Yeah. Um, so I'm exhausted that he won't listen and, and stop the bad behavior. Secondly, it's very interesting. I do have a lot of thin-skinned Republican friends. They're very conservative but they won't stick to their guns. And they have said they've had enough of him. And I'm thinking, well, then what's your choice? But the other interesting part is I know that I'm from Florida, a large group of golfing people, and and where I live with Pinehurst and everything. So the people who are true PGA fans, and there are millions of golfers, they hate Trump because of the live golf. Mm. And they have said they would never vote for him again. And that's based on golf. Now, how ridiculous is that? Isn't that interesting? But it's a big point among the golfers that really don't like him for moving over to live. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, you you never know what's going to set people off. And and it would be interesting, Mary, for you. Have you asked your friends if Trump is the Republican nominee and he's up against Biden, what will they do? Will they will they hold their nose or will they just choose to stay home? Have you, have that, has that come up? It's... Um, it's one or the other. So I do get some people, they say they'd rather fly with Biden. But um, I think the, mo- the most common answer is they j- they'll just stay home. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's a concern because those are people that typically have voted Republican. And if they stay home, that makes a difference. Well, I don't think I don't think either Republican candidate can win. They just seem to have so much control over the ballots and how they collect and conveniently having the machines go down in Arizona. I just don't see the Republicans being able to win either way. Yeah. And, and at that point we've lost the country. Opinion. Yeah. At that point, it's right. not a representative Republic. We've lost the country. And, and there's right. a decent amount of people out there, as you know, Mary, that are like, well, if the system's so corrupt, it, why bother voting if your vote isn't going to count? And and that's going to be a very dangerous game to, to play if we get there. But many great points, Mary. Thanks so much for calling in. Yes, have a good day. 
Thanks, you too, as well. Uh, let's jump over here to David, 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear your opinion. Is all this going to matter? Is Trump fatigue real? Are you experiencing it? It doesn't matter what happens. Remember what he said in the in the uh, election back in 2016? Remember that? He said, I could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. It wouldn't cost me a vote. <laughs> Do you remember that? It's pretty wild. Let's go to David calling in from North Carolina. David, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I am completely worn out listening to the words of Donald Trump. Donald, uh, I voted for him twice. Uh, he's not my favorite guy in the world. I think he needs a little more cooth. He needs some little bit better advice from whoever is advising him. If he would have got his, his mind and his mouth in the right place, he could have probably still been in office. But everybody is tired of the of the northern bully mentality, and that's about all I see when I see Trump. Uh, it's really wearing me out. I, I would vote for him against Biden. I, I don't ever want to see another Democrat in the White House, but yeah. dear God, give us somebody that's younger, it's got a little more cooth, a little bit, little bit more polished, that can still get the job done other than Donald Trump. Are you surprised? Put him back in office. Are you... He's going to he's going to mess it up for the next four years. Well, I don't know if you saw the story that came out last week about Mike Pompeo. <laughs> he went he went off that if Donald Trump got back in, it was going to be a huge train wreck. Uh, with somebody like DeSantis, are you surprised that right now in the polls that DeSantis is down to Trump in the primary on average about thirty points? Does that surprise you at all, David? No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Uh, a lot of times when folks get a horse, they want to ride it to death. Uh, I think you want to give it a little break. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. David, I appreciate your call, and I understand your frustration, that's for sure. But thanks so much for calling. Have a great afternoon. You too. Love All right, thanks so much. 866-348-7884, talking about Trump fatigue. Uh, maybe you have it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you think, and I have plenty of friends that would fall into this category, that uh, anybody that says they have Trump fatigue, well, you just start uh, thin-skinned, as Mary said earlier, and you just need to suck it up and uh, gird up your loins and stay in the fight, right? Because I, I have some other friends several years ago like, hey, we tried nice. Nice didn't work. What we need is a bully. What we need is a bulldog. Well, that's Donald Trump. And for three out of his four years, it worked. When you got to the fourth year in COVID, I was uh, shocked and dismayed at how he just kind of rolled over for Burks and all those guys. And, uh, you know, the who knows why, but you don't really know what kind of a leader you have until it's a crazy, bizarre situation, uh, like a war kind of situation. You didn't really know what was, we were going to get with Bush 43 until 9-11 happened. Then we found out quickly. And he passed that test when it came to 9-11. I think Trump failed miserably the test when it came to covid uh, but that's just my opinion. Hey, uh, Kirk, on line one, I'm going to get to you right after the break because I'm going to hit the break here in about 30 seconds. And I don't want to wind you up and get you started and then put you on hold again. So if you'd be so kind as to wait through the break, we'll get to your call when we come back. Trump fatigue, is it a real thing? Are you worried about it? Are you experiencing it yourself? Again, this is on the heels of yet another uh, court case. Federal jury in New York City said Trump was not liable for the rape, but he was liable for sexual abuse and defamation. That just broke this afternoon uh, with a woman, Ms. Carroll, who's 79 now. This happened back in the 90s. The relevance of her charge in that case isn't the issue here today. It's does it matter at all when it comes to Trump? Just one thing after another. 
866-34-TRUTH. 866-34-TRUTH. We'll be right Welcome back. It's the Steve Noble Show. TheSteveNobleShow.com is the website where you can search through all of our old podcasts and radio shows. You could watch. You could be here in my little Star Wars studio. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live or Rumble, you can join us that way. And then the, if you're a podcast person, and uh, many of us are, you can grab the podcast. So we're on all the major podcast platforms, although we're wrestling right now. With iHeartRadio, they've got some issues going on over there. But if you use uh, uh, Apple or Google Play or Spotify, you can find us there. And iHeartRadio, I'm not sure where we're at. Have you got? Have we heard anything about iHeart recently, Josh? Trying to get that one straightened out because uh, they haven't put anything new up in about a month and a half. So we're trying to. But talking to these big tech companies, <laughs> hey, I'm going to call customer service at Facebook. Uh, no, you're not. 866-348-7884, just bouncing off of the uh, uh, verdict earlier today. This was a defamation case. It's not a, uh, it was a civil suit, okay? It's not a criminal suit. But they found for Ms. Carroll, who's now 79, that uh, Trump uh, allegedly sexually assaulted her way back in the 90s and $5 million in damage. She's appealing, saying he doesn't even know who this woman is. Forget the merits of the case, just in terms of Trump. Uh, fatigue. Is it real? Are you concerned about it? Are you experiencing it yourself? Is it going to be a factor on November 5th next year when we go vote? 866-348-7884 is the number. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. Kurt, thanks for calling in. Sorry to keep you on hold. Go right ahead. Hey, it's your dime too. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, here's here's my take on the whole... I'm a veteran... Thank you. Uh, Thank you for your service. And and I saw the Iraqis get a chance to go vote mm, when when we opened up that country. So my take is uh, if you have the opportunity to vote, go vote. However, that being said, when the Democrats rule this country the way they rule this country with an iron fist and, and stealing the elections the way they steal the elections and I mean, you know, you can say yay or nay or whether that is a bearing on any of it, but they've done it the last two times. I'm I'm just curious as to know how many times we actually won the elections and how is Roy Cooper, a Democrat governor, the governor of all Republican state of North Carolina? I mean, everybody that we voted in was Republican except him. So anyway, that being said, I don't really think that there's going to be another fair and just election mm. for those simple facts. Um, and I will never vote for anybody that stands for abortion. I'm just, God is in charge. Amen. This is his country that he helped set up. And I think as long as his people, his, his believers, all of us that are uh, believers in God, that, we trust and have our faith in him. He's gonna, he's gonna do with it what he wants to do with it anyway. That's right. He, the, he, the Lord has the heart of the king in his hand, and we have yep. to remember that. So, so based on what you said, Kirk, and again, thank you for your service. Even if you're totally convinced that pretty much every major election is thrown, would you still show up and vote just as a matter of personal principle? Oh yeah, because I mean that's the only way that we have this country that we have. I mean. That's right. If the justice, uh, 
I saw it real time, Steve. I saw it on the videos. I saw the January 6th. I saw all of that stuff because I don't watch CNN, yeah. Communist News Network. Um, but I saw all that stuff real time, and you can't blow smoke up my butt and tell me that you know this is not really happening because I saw it. And anybody that has any brain and, and just get get past their, oh, don't like Trump because he's Trump, he's a bully and I mean, the Marines are bullies, too. You know? so, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. What, can I, let me ask you a somewhat unrelated question, Kirk, since you've called in, okay. and I appreciate that. How would you describe what you saw when the Iraqis went to vote? Hope. Just in terms of the looks on their faces and the smiles. I mean, I remember that, watching that on the news, and the same thing when they did a little bit of it in Afghanistan. And I think that's a valuable yep. lesson for us because we totally take that for granted in this country. Yep, exactly. It's it's the look of hope, and uh, it's something that they never had. I mean, we've we've had it for two almost two hundred fifty years, and and we ain't figured out how to use it yet. So, yeah, and it's and it's it's amazing to me, and I'm sure your average Iraqi and a lot of people in other parts of the world would look at your average American that chooses not to vote for whatever reason, and just be baffled by that. How do you not exercise the right to vote? Exactly. Talk to all those Cubans that's been over here huh. for ten or fifteen years since yeah. Castro was over there. Yep. I yeah. mean, you know, it's a wake up time. If you don't wake up, well, uh, I hope you're locked and loaded. Is all I can say, brother. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a sad reality. I'm totally there with you, Kirk. Thank you so much again. Thank you for your service. Thanks for calling in, brother. I appreciate Not it. Not a problem. My pleasure. God bless. All right, man. Thanks. God bless you too. And and what a great reminder. I'm looking at the hair on my arm standing up. What what a great reminder. I talk about that in my civics class with students. I've talked about it on the air. Uh, I have, I think Chad Harvey at Cross Assembly is the only pastor, probably Bishop Wooden at Upper Room Church of God in Christ here in Raleigh, both of them in Raleigh, would go with me when I've said this on the air before and I've asked pastors before, hey, would you come on the air? Would you, would you agree with me on, live on the air that not voting is a sin in our context in in no, 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 Steve, I think you got to leave some room for conscience there. I'm like, yeah, when it comes to obedience, I don't think your conscience is relevant. Plus, your conference, your conscience can be messed up. I, I just like at the homeschool convention I was over the weekend and with my ethics class and with other classes. This, a lot of this stuff just comes up because it's just solid biblical worldview teaching, which I'm going to inculcate into every subject I ever teach. I'm like, okay, you want to understand the deal with the conscience, the human conscience. Let's just, uh, let me use a stoplight, for example. So everybody listening or watching, play the game with me. Uh, red light means, right, everybody says stop. Green light means, everybody says go. Yellow light means, and I just got, you know, 3,000 different answers. This happens in classes. This happened, I did it in a room with a couple hundred people last Thursday at the uh, Teach Them Diligently homeschool convention in Pigeon Forge, I said, yellow light means, and it was like, blah, 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 blah. you got all these different answers. It's like all of a sudden it was a Pentecostal church service, right? And, and that's your conscience. So your conscience is tainted by your sin. My point on the, on the voting thing, to Kirk's point, 
is that, and, and I just had this conversation the other day, I think with a student. I was like, okay, it, how many neighbors do you have in America? If you're a Christian living here in America, how many neighbors do you have? Don't think of your street or your zip code or your county or your city. Think about the whole country. Okay, that was kind of Jesus's point to the rich young ruler. Uh, who's my neighbor, right? Well, the challenge for you in this context in voting is your neighbor, if it's a local election, your, your neighbors are everybody in Wake County, whatever county you live in. Uh, a statewide election, no, no, governor, your neighbors, I got a, about 11, 10 and a half million of those in North Carolina, and I have about 340 million of those nationwide. And does the government at the federal, state, and local level affect the lives of your neighbors? Yes, it does. And if you have an opportunity to affect the government in order to affect your neighbor's lives for good, should you? Yes, if you have any opportunity to try to affect your neighbor's life for good, you should do that. To not do that, I would call a sin of omission. James would say to know what is right, not do it. To you, it is a sin. So you have an opportunity to step into the uh, voting booth and at least try, that's called being faithful, at least try to affect, I mean, way more neighbors than just what's on your street. I mean, it could be a million here in Wake County, 10 and a half million across North Carolina for me, or 340 million in the nation. If I don't step up to the plate and take a swing at that, I think that's a sin of omission. I think that's not loving my neighbor, which is a violation of both neighbor love and God love, which makes it a sin. So, so I can't ever defend somebody not voting but on this on you know th- th- could i ever envision a day when i wouldn't vote in a particular race in one particular race perhaps but not voting in general i can't i can't stomach that thought because i think it's just turning a blind eye i think it's idolatry of self I think it's just turning a blind eye to your neighbor's condition. You're walking down the road. You see that dude that got beat up and robbed off to the side. And you're following that well-trod path of the Sadducee and the Pharisee. Uh, but you're not the good Samaritan. You just keep walking. Ah, forget it. <laughs> Too far gone. I just don't see that as an option if you're a Christian. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to ignore the plight of your neighbors simply is not an option. And then the Catholic Church, I teach this in my, in my ethics class, teaches something that's really good. It's called moral proximity, that God's going to hold you way more mor- morally culpable for the th- things close to you that you can affect, as opposed to what happens to the little kid born into poverty in uh, Zimbabwe. You're way less morally culpable for that situation, unless you know about it and could do something about it. But in this case, Trump, Biden, whoever. As a Christian, I think you have to step up to the plate. I think it's incumbent upon you and your faith to try to affect the lives of your neighbors for the good. And in this country, voting allows you to at least step up to the plate, grab a bat, and take a swing. So there you go. By the way, if you like the show, if you have sons or daughters, 8th through 12th grade, grandsons or granddaughters, 8th through 12th grade, and now anywhere in the country, I do teach in person in uh, Raleigh, where I live, as well as in Cary. But all four classes this fall are online. Go to nobleuschool.com. U as in university, nobleuschool.com. If you want an easy shortcut, just text the word TRUTH to 66866. Just text TRUTH to 66866. I'll get you some information so you can check that out. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.
another program powered by the Truth Network.